Hey there, boys and girls. It's Tim K here, host of the Veterans Project podcast, founder of the Veterans Project and the Caregiver Project as well. Now, our nation's been at war for over the past 17 years, and it's certainly taken its toll on the warfighters that defend this great blood wall. Many of you out there listening right now even are suffering from PTSD, anxiety, battle-related stress, mood swings, and sleep disorders. Now, you know our current medical system is their majority answer is to try to combat those issues with prescription opioids, but those can lead to even more severe health problems. But the good news is we have veteran-owned companies like Mayday Hemp Company, founded by a former hard charge and recon marine, to create safe, even beneficial alternatives to harsh prescription drugs. My guys at Mayday Hemp Company are doing it right with THC-free CBD products. Their oils, soft gels, and topicals have been proven to relieve anxiety, help with sleep, and even aid in workout recovery. That's right. Get your workout on and feel better with the CBD topicals. Each batch tested to the most stringent standards in order to provide their customers with the highest quality product possible. Head over to MaydayHemp.com to try it yourself. I wanted to switch things up a little bit today. Now, uh, I've been well aware of some reviews coming in that are amazing, some awesome positive five-star reviews. And I want to thank you, the listener, uh, for showing some love to the project. It's all about hashtag one person. We're talking about hashtag one person because it only takes one person to spread this movement, to make this a viable item in the lives of so many. Bridges Gap, creating awareness and allowing for us to grow together as a community. So this is from Iva, E-I-I-V-A. I'm probably not saying it wrong. Maybe Eva. Uh, yeah, I think it's Eva. I've been following the Veterans Project for a few now. I started on the website and, a kind, and kind of made my way through Patreon and now the podcast. The stories are refreshing, sobering, and sometimes emotional. But what I like the most is its authenticity. They aren't taking veterans and making them into some generic hero, but highlighting the specific moments the veterans want to share. I haven't heard anything else like it. I recommend reading the stories, listening to the pod podcast, and celebrating the steps a veteran takes in and out of service. Love what you are doing with the project. Wow, Ava, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate that. What a kind uh, review. We're going to take our time out to uh, show some thanks. And we appreciate you, the listener. We appreciate you for tuning in. And uh, thanks for listening. Warrior, artist, actor, philanthropist, conservationist, purveyor of all things fitness. There are not enough adjectives to describe this man. His career in Force Recon, a true example of everything a Marine wishes to achieve. The legend of Rudy Reyes seems something out of a Marvel or DC comic book. A young boy bruised and battered finds his infinite go, and strikes back in defense of his brothers, all the while becoming one of our most elite. His energy will inspire you, his passion a drive to light, and his intelligence the mark of an education no academic institution could instill. Here he is, the one and only Rudy Reyes. The Veterans Project is a comprehensive essay capturing the legacies of our warfighters, caregivers, and civilians who have stepped forward in defense of our patriotic principles in an effort to capture their stories and to never forget the staggering sacrifices of our nation's finest. This is the Veterans Project Podcast, where our legacies are the mission. 
Here's your host, Tim K. Welcome to the Veterans Project podcast. My name is Tim K. Uh, you might hear some planes crossing overhead. That's okay. We're in Newport Beach. Beautiful Newport Beach. Isn't it stunning? It's stunning. Hanging out here with a legend oh. of the Marine community, Recon Marine. Thank you. You know, I got to tell a little story, Rudy, because, you know, I kind of wanted to set this up a little bit. Sure, my brother. So I was in um, getting ready to deploy to Iraq in yes. 2009. And I was sitting back on a bunk. And I remember I just had this moment where I was kind of feeling sorry for myself a little bit. I understand. Bit. I've been there. You know, those pits you get into a little sure. bit. I was feeling lonely. I was feeling kind of cut off. I was feeling like I just was struggling to find my identity in the unit. I understand. I was very artistic. I didn't feel like I belonged, like being a grunt, you know, mm-hmm. like doing that whole job. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel robotic. I didn't feel like they did. Yeah. You, know, you fe- maybe didn't feel so crude. Yes. Because there's a certain cruelty and mm-hmm. rawness in the combat arms, especially in the front lines. Very. And I believe now with perspective, brother, uh, and maybe you'll agree, some of that is part of the armor and the gear that we have to wear too, mm-hmm. because what we do is um, yeah, absolutely unfiltered, yeah. and sometimes at such an extremity of, of of violence and suffering, maybe part of our psychological armor that that we adopt is that crass, crude, mm. um, masculine, uh, overman masquerading in adolescence. Yeah. That's the truth. And if you're not feeling that, and I never did either. Now I did become hard. Yeah, I did become cold clinically. Mm -hmm. But I was never the, was never able to be stuck in, in the teen years of, uh, simply using women's terms to show to identify with weakness and and to in a sense take on a bully mentality, um, and just make you know just make dick jokes and jokes and yeah. jokes that just wasn't me i never identified with that yeah, it's and not that's, me that's still it's not me and that's the beauty of the connection that i found to you Thanks, so i'm bro. sitting on that bunk and my buddy you know i'm just feeling like i said kind of <gasps> lost and i was you know reading my bible and i was kind of watching dvds and different things and my buddy brings me this dvd and he said tim i really think you would like this dvd like i want you to watch it and he should pulls open his you know his little album and he's got this generation kill dvd oh really yeah i'd never seen it i'd never seen it but i'd heard of it many times yeah so i pop it into the dvd player and i put it on and immediately there's like rudy rudy yeah running with the gas mask running with the gas and rocking and rolling you know all true story and all true story all true story all true story and then I read the, but this was like, this was years after I had read the book. I'd actually so read, you the, read book the book before. So you were realized. familiar. Yes, I was familiar. Yes. And so then I was realizing, making the connection, there's this guy, Rudy, in this, <gasps> in this incredible show, which was very well done. And Rudy played himself. He was the only one to play himself in that role. And seeing you, I realized that I could, your vision and the way that you did things as Recon Marine. Yes. The way that you attacked target the way that you trained yes you were unique you didn't have to be like everybody else you were your own man you were your own warrior you had this you had you know everybody called it kind of fruitiness or you know or attached it to some i was fabulous you were fabulous yeah you were you were still am you (laughs) (laughs) You definitely still are definitely trust me guys if you were here you would see he's still fabulous i'm an alligator (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> jeans and shirtless right now. He's you know beautiful. What? Yeah. Thank you, brother. So we, but capturing that, like the way they did that, and showing you in your real role, I just thought, I can be myself. Yes, you can. I don't need the authentic like, self. I got to be able to turn it on when I need to turn it on. Damn right? straight. When you're going around that corner, you got to turn it on. Yes. Kicking down that door, you got to turn it on. Yes. And you got to be turned on even before that. Yes. Mentally, but that doesn't mean that you can't be your own character. You can't mm. be your own self, who yes. you are and who you're purveying. But that is you. You yes. grew up that way, and I appreciated your authentic self. Uh, <sighs> Where does the comfort zone come from? Mm, you know what? There's an, I, We're about I just to go deep here. Yeah, I just thought about a. I just thought about a an analogy. Yeah. We do not run around with our M4 on fire all the time. It's unsafe. Yep. But as soon as we go from the alert dirt into the combat glide, um, or contact is imminent, uh, the weapons indexed to the enemy and weapons off safe, ready to rock and roll. Mm. Um, look, we make that. We make that decision and we make that switch. Mm -hmm. So we can also make the, the switch professionally, um, psychologically, socially to the warrior killer. It has to become like that. Now, the downside is that when you become a professional warfighter, mm -hmm. that is what you do. Right. And, there, and you may get lost in the ability to bring yourself back together as a whole thing. Mm. Um, to compartmentalize yourself as the predator for the United States government and then the human who may have wife and children and has a family or who has uh, who loves animals and, and collects action figures and draws comic books like myself, yeah. to compartmentalize and to switch that, um, it, is a, it is a must on the battlefield. But back home... It can end up leading to mental uh, illness and fatigue, yeah. and then and then the maladies that go along with that, like depression, and then anxiety, and then the substance abuse, and mm. then and then the violence, and then and then you know what comes from there. Right. So. So yes, uh, man, it's that's interesting, huh? Now that we're at in our lives, isn't it wild, Tim? When's the last time you were in zone? Last time you were you were in um, in action. Uh, 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Can't you remember it like yesterday? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Forever. I, uh, I, I thought it would fade. Now, a lot of individual missions fade because I don't think about individual missions. I, uh, the, to be direct, I did so many in those three combat tours and then being a team leader in two of them, uh, Sometimes my bros will remind me, and I'm like, whoa, I did that? <laughs> I accomplished that? And, and I... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed, but then again, I'm not amazed. That's why we were so conditioned, and we were amongst each other who all had the same set of values and the same set of training and the same set of standards. There's nothing you can't do Very if true. you have, an, have a, a clica, if you've got a freaking mm -hmm. tribe, if you've got a platoon of men like that. Um, that singular mindset strikes. Yes, continuous yeah. um, uh, reinforcement, too. Right. To be first. Mm -hmm. Be fast. Yeah. Be, be strong. And, and anything else is cowardice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Shame-based. Yeah. However, if you've already selected genetically and um, socially and energetically men like that. Right. At your level. You yeah. got most of it is already done. The rest is just the polish. Yeah. Um, the finishing school. <laughs> um, it's interesting. You know, the, the, um, 
the gentleman that wrote On Killing on Combat. Mm-hmm. What's his name, brother? Mm-hmm. Grossman. Grossman, yes. There you go. Yep. When I read On Killing, it was before I'd been killing people, killing enemy. Uh, we'll differentiate there for sure. Yes, yeah. and you know, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, well, and because I don't, you know, there's no way to consider when you're a humanist, how can you kill a person? You can't. Right. But you can kill your enemy. <laughs> yeah. Because you are indoctrinated. And yeah, it is your mission. And uh, this is not show friends, it's show business. Mm-hmm. When you freaking sign that contract and you go through that freaking millions of dollars of, of crucible and pedigree refinement to go out there when your country calls it's your it's your ultimate validation mm. and so i never questioned any of that um that's beautiful how do you get to that place how do you get to that place where you don't question that where is that i think it, for me it came out of love mm. the love of my men and how much they love me it's so wild you know some citizens and i call them citizens now not civilians because i think that uh, just as if I, I've had a difficulty bringing myself back to a wholeness, uh, just as I sometimes still hurt because I don't know where I fit in, uh, my, my self-concept is now becoming more realistic mm. for the environment that I'm in. Right. But it is still absolutely made um, and born and bred from the cloth of combat and warrior mm-hmm. that will never leave right even i still have a hard time making um making the bridge between them both and letting them coalesce yeah um many of our brothers and sisters out there are going through the same thing why i can now do it well why what has been successful for me to coalesce is to get back to the essence that made me so successful as a warrior and a fighter. Yeah. And that was love of my team and brothers and the love back. And with that much support, the levity, the happiness, my brothers and I, uh, in, uh, in Von Krause's platoon, and my team, G and, and Aviao and um, McCoy, we, we had a laughter and a levity that could happen immediately after dropping bombs and in a heavy firefight or doing uh, Trojan horse, immediately after dead-checking enemies, putting bullets in their head mm. and uh, mopping up after a counter-ambush. We were immediately, uh, t- we, we had this saying called, turn every day into a party. <laughs> uh, because... <laughs> Yes, uh, I kinda love that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was G Money, yeah. uh, Bo, yeah, fire ground leather. He's uh, an amazing awesome. uh, recon and now a firefighter and turn uh, every day permit. into a yeah. party. I we like went that. we went to the big PX, I think at TQ or um, at the uh, at the air station okay. there in Iraq. Gotcha. And and anytime we got to go to the PX, we're like, wow, what kind of cool <laughs> can we get? And we always we're such uh, we're so into our. our we're so into our aesthetic. Right. We always go look at the new gear, yeah. stuff that we can get little little flashlights. Got to find those stunner shades. Yeah, baby. yeah, you know, yeah. yes, anything. Yeah. Or if I can find a really rad pair of goggles. I always brought my <laughs> own Oakley goggles and, yeah. and Bole goggles. I can't take that stock stuff. Yeah, man. yeah, I always had some orange yeah. on it or some yellow. You know what I mean? I mean, just rocking that shit out there. I mean, I was a superstar in combat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he found some chicken and biscuits. Chi- and we get some snacks. 
we were living on something called the soul snatcher. We would take a half of container of of instant coffee yeah. in an algae and then fill the rest up with water. Okay. And so it was a syrup mm. of coffee. Mm-hmm. And we would take one sip and you'd start twitching and ticking right there. We called it the soul snatcher. Your ass would not sleep for two days. Uh, I love and that. so we had some soul snatcher. It was about 120 degrees out. Mm-hmm. And he brought back these chicken and biscuits and on the freaking uh, lid of the of the cracker box. It said, turn every day into a party. Mm. Immediately that was torn off, cut out, put on the, the molding of the Humvee, right? Where the driver sits taped on there. And that was our theme. Yeah. I mean, we were in the worst uh, place on the planet. We were in Fallujah and Ramadi and the, um, the freaking um, triangle of death. Yeah. And we turned every day into a party. <laughs> now that kind of love. Yeah. That's what I'm doing now with look what we have. We have our brothers and sisters in the veteran community now. I have so much love now. And I'm I'm seeing this wonderful woman now. And she reminds me, because sometimes she sees me get down. She reminds me, uh, Rudy, so many people love you. Yeah. And that gives me the strength. Yeah. And that's what's brought me... Uh, closer to a reconciliation mm-hmm. of what and who I was then and why awesome. and who I am now and who I want to be in the future. Uh, I take back those those good pieces and the good is, is the love and, and, and the care and, uh, and the sharing. We all shared everything we had. Uh, it was uh, any bit of chow. Um, my, my, um, my wife at the time Cherie, she sent me a bottle of vodka, but masquerading in a in a water bottle. Uh-huh. I was like, why? Why the f- is she sending me water? Yeah. And um. And she sent me some camping meals and some noodles. So I freaking take take uh, a drink of the water. Whoa! <laughs> and I, we uh, G money and, and the whole team and and uh, witted and and um and uh, a couple other cats from the freaking platoon. We watched fashion TV and watched some freaking supermodel strut <laughs> and drank some vodka in our silkies and we all shared our ramen noodles and the meat together. Uh-huh. And that was a sense of community and sharing. And I find it, I find that in my life and make sure to seek it out if I don't have it every day. Uh, Force Blue uh, absolutely yeah. is an outgrowth of that. Recon Sniper Foundation is an outgrowth. Of that, the Veterans Project is an outgrowth of that. Outgrowth of that. Sornex is an outgrowth of that. The, you notice there's a Man. there's a throughway. I was with my lady, and I'm not going to blow up her spot right now. She got her own fans, <laughs> um, but maybe I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and my mentor, idol, idol of my teen years and transformative years into manhood, Ian Asbury. He's the lead singer of the Cult. And uh, he is now a mentor and a brother of mine, an older brother. And uh, I love I love him dearly. We're truly one of the most sensitive, most brilliant men, courageous men I know. We were with him three or four hours last night, eating sushi and talking, talking about Kurosawa and David Bowie, um, talking about transformation and transcendence from the mortal into the eternal and we spent such quality time in the same kind of love and fabric of community uh, I have with my people now. Yeah. It's the same as I had in the unit. That's awesome. So that's my secret. Yeah. That's my, that's my force multiplier. I want to track back to that because, you know, I want people to have a little better of a explanation of who you are exactly. <laughs> but here, first of all, 
You're beautiful. Oh, thank you. You know what? We're Jay- smiling with our eyes right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and are you recording you there too? It, yeah, okay, yeah, you'll yeah, see yeah, it, baby. You'll see it, yeah. 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 This morning, mm. my, my, my girl, Jade, she always tells me, oh, God, you're beautiful. And I'm like, it takes one to know one. She says, mm. does it? And mm. I said, well, in your case, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but not always. <laughs> but with you, yes. <laughs> and you know what? Now, this is kind of funny too. Uh-huh. Like, um, uh, you know... When I got into f- movies and TV and, and started having some modicum of celebrity and notoriety, mm-hmm. um, you know, the chicks are all over you. And yeah. so I got, I got all the you know, supermodels and the actresses and everybody, they, they all want to, um, they all want some of, um, some of that raw warrior. Marine recon. Yeah. They, want, they become groupies a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah. No, they want to be. I mean, they're in a world where masculinity is just two-dimensional mm-hmm. on the screen and a lot of posturing, but uh, it's all a show. Not and, real and authentic. And there's nothing, and there's no go. Yeah. And I'm all go. Yeah. Well, and, I know that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, but I'm, I wasn't attracted to them. Mm. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to be attracted to people. And then sometimes, but, but a couple of times, like, I'd be. I ended up chatting it up and freaking making out with a, a girl that's kind of chubby. Mm. And my homeboys say, "Rudy, what's the f-? you know? You got the supermodel over there, mm-hmm. and you know this girl's just all right." And I said, "You don't understand. I see the beauty inside." Yeah, I see the beauty inside. Yeah, that's important, man. Well, that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's from within and mm. throughout. It's part of that infinite go. It is. Yeah. It is, bro. Were you so? Just to give you a little background, Rudy Reyes is a recon marine. He's a legend of the recon community. Oh. He was in Generation Kill. He's been in a ton of various films and TV shows, and he's doing a ton for the community as just a fighter for man. Yes, fighter for mankind. Right, yes. getting the word out there about the spirituality, the emotional aspects yes. of what it takes to grow mm-hmm. right because yes. when we get out we have those struggles everybody does yes and they do some in more places some in harder and some are in harsher spots yes but we all have those struggles so rudy you're a veteran of recon how many years did you do again i did seven it? years as a recon marine and then years. i and then i contracted for another 10 and and then ultimately working for state department and doing counterterrorism right uh teaching and training before um, Navy, EOD, and other spec ops, bomb and dog people to e- immediately attach to SOCOM units running mm-hmm. and gunning in the fight. Uh, I came up during, I, ca- I came up in training before the war on terror, so I was perfectly manicured and positioned to fight yeah. and to fight well, obviously, because we're still alive. A, lo- yeah. a lot of um, all of my teammates are alive. That's amazing. Now, some of my brothers who went on to other teams eventually were killed. And eventually, even recon and Marsoc took losses, and we have. Uh, I, I remember the first losses I took in recon were my brothers dying in training, mm. and uh, now, now we've had a few die um, because they have succumbed to the, the disease of suicide, and that is what I'm fighting so hard against with Force Blue and Recon Sniper Foundation, the Veterans Project, uh, any person, any organization. Mm. It wants to be solution-based. I'm there. Right. And we talked today on the drive up here uh, that I've got a lot of work going on, thank goodness, because I need to make some money. Just yeah. move, I'm moving. Uh, I'm in the process of moving to Los Angeles, and, and I want to have a place um, for my woman and I because I'm, 
I've never felt more emotionally and spiritually grounded. And uh, Ian's very happy. Um, <laughs> and my community here is very happy. And um, you said, so you're not doing, uh, so no more free work. I said, yeah, no more free work. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, actually, yeah, I still do free work because yeah. it's a labor of love. Yeah. And it is not work. When I'm doing things for our people and the families that support us, it's not work. Mm, that's beautiful. How did you, so you did three tours as a mm. recon marine. You do the invasion in Iraq, yes. which is tantamount to our success. Yeah, it was. It combat. was. It was so magnificent, actually. It was, it was based on the Rommel yeah. uh, technique. Yeah, talk uh, about that a little bit. What sure. was the dynamic of that like? I mean, at the time, for those who don't understand, like, we weren't rolling on, we didn't have all this technology we had even 10 years later. You know, we're rolling around in soft top Humvees and, you know, where a bullet goes through the wrong sure. way and you're for sure dead. Everything, you know? I mean, the, the, um, the body of the Humvee's not armored. Right. That's just, I mean, it, it's a five, five, six, or 762 and, and, of course, fragmentation goes, goes through it like... Um, like a dang, uh, like a freaking railroad spike through a piece of tinfoil. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And we didn't even have roofs. We didn't have doors. What we did have is an extreme level of alertness and violence and brilliance in the basics. No matter what, no matter what um, environment and no matter what the friction, warfighters, the baseline is straight up infantry tactics and infantry discipline. Mm. Whether you're a recon man, a pararescue man, a SEAL, a ranger, whether you're a truck driver, right. uh, whether you're admin, when the bullets are flying and the RPGs are coming in, uh, everybody is a rifleman. And the units that are the best in the world are the units that uh, always do the right thing right. every time. Yeah. And it's brilliance in the basics. General Mattis was renowned for saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned it much earlier in martial art and in sport. Uh, I still train in, a, in many ways the same way I did when I was eight years old. Yeah. Because fundamentals, mechanics, and flow state, uh, that never changes. And mm-hmm. it's, as you said earlier, the foundation. Yes, the foundation. And to get to where you got, you know, coming up, you're young. You know, growing up in the fo- in and out of foster homes, taking care of your brothers, you know, foundationally, there was no concrete. There was nothing there. It was shaky, right? Yes. Like growing up, lacking that at home, finding struggle around every corner in a hard part of life. How did you make it through that? And can you tell people kind of what that was like growing up for you? What? Sure. Um, you know what? It's funny. As you're describing it, my first thought is, what foundation I had. Mm, right. I what? had something to believe in. I had mm. to protect my little brothers. Beautiful. That is a foundation. True. But uh, physically and emotionally, there was no foundation. I grew up from a broken family from Jump Street. Uh, my mother was very poor and b- emotionally poor, mm. um, spiritually poor. She was damaged. Uh, she was a beautiful, young uh, Mexican-American woman from the border of Texas and Mexico. She'd been abused physically and sexually, too. Uh, it was a very male-dominated uh, culture there. Right. Uh, this is where um, there's a difference between masculinity and uh, being a misogynist. Yeah. There's a difference to be in the baddest with the that can change diapers. 
yeah. than being some scumbag on Wall Street right. who pays for sex. Yeah. It's a big difference. Um, We've been seeing a little bit of that recently. Yes, huh? you have a yeah. lot. The whole Me Too movement. And, you know, I take a lot of pride in this, Tim. A lot of pride. No one can ever say Rudy Reyes took a dime or a penny or took a favor uh, to leverage himself. Nor has he ever leveraged, Rudy Reyes has never leveraged his energy, his celebrity, or his force uh, to do anything wrong to a woman, ever. That's awesome. And uh, yes, it's the standard. It's the, right it's, thing to do. it's the standard. It's um, it's, yeah, it's sad that I even have to say that's awesome. Because yes, it's what you should. It's do. chivalry. Yeah. It's the right. truth, and and the the round table lives on, mm-hmm. and I'm building it, and I'm a part of it. In uh, in these ethics and ethos and the moral courage I had was galvanized very young because I had Michael and Caesar. Um, I was hurt and abused and neglected. Uh, we were passed around so many different places. I probably went to 20 different schools. Wow. Imagine having to make friends. And and then after a while, you can't make friends. You're too dirty. My brothers and I, uh, the poverty, I don't think this level of poverty exists in this country anymore, except on our Native American reservations, mm. we, where they do. It and we need to work no. on that. Uh, Mike, Michael and Caesar and I had lice. And then we, and then we were, had worms. We used to, this is not an exaggeration, we used to have to fa- fight the rats off of us at night wow. because the house we were living in was infested with rats and roaches. And I found a, oh, a cubby hole with cement that the rats couldn't get. And I'd put my brothers and I in there and we would take old cowboy boots and put them on our hands so we could fight and smash the rats if they came. Wow. And we were little. I was maybe 11, 10 or 11. Michael and Caesar's a year and a half younger, and Michael's a year younger than him. Um, it's funny. I always saw myself as a father to them, and I always thought I was much older. Now when we look at our ages, we're very close in age, yeah. but I was a uh, father, and they were my kids. Um, that was the only foundation I had. We, uh, we w- went from one place to another, and it always got worse and worse and worse. A downward spiral. Uh, We had no food. We had no medicine. And we were embarrassed. Imagine how embarrassing that we got sent home from school because of our lice. Mm. And then we had to... And you know what? So freaking horrible. Um, The people that were taking care of us at the time didn't bother to buy medicine for our lice. So they, they just shaved our heads. Wow. And we just looked like... Just like freaking concentration camp kids yeah and we had hand-me-down clothes by then i had shoes that were two sizes too big and and i had a bad bad dental problem and then my teeth started rotting from an infection that was not treated and then the infection got into my sinus and behind my eyeball and i started having pressure in my eye and i was smelling garbage oh, all the wow. time Gosh. and it was the rot in my face and i started developing a lesion i have a big gap in my gum here um, because it was infected so bad that I started getting this big boil there every day. So I'd have to cut it open and let all the pus come out. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then I'd try to find some as- antiseptic of any sort and just push it in there and feel the pain. Maybe this is why I was conditioned to feeling pain. Yeah. I was feeling pain so bad and smelling garbage every day. And yet still, Yeah. every day, across the street, to the playground, 
uh, to the monkey bars, um, to the uh, swing set, and I would practice gymnastics and, mm. and self-taught and push myself. And I would read my I, I I treasured my comic book collection. Yeah. And I t and that was one thing I took with me everywhere, and my special stories of Daredevil and Wolverine and and how the X Men saved the world over and over again, well, once even saved the universe and never took any credit. These are the uh, heroes that inspired me. And, and of course, Stallone, Rocky Balboa, yeah. um, John Rambo, of course, Bruce Lee. Um, these things made me uh, believe that heroes exist and that heroes will champion the day and therefore I can champion the day. Uh, that's how I got through those times, and and eventually, when I was, my I thought my mother was coming to rescue me. She rescued me, as I, I mean, she retrieved me in South Texas, and and my brother Michael, and then she put us away in the boys' home. And to be so close to being rescued and loved, and then really it just being a a way spot, way station mm. to another institution. And, you know, I have to work on forgiving my mom. I still do uh, because she kept us away in another state so she could continue to collect the welfare. And uh, oh, and it was just so, uh, I just came from that kind of dirt. But, you know, the Zen Buddhism says that from the murkiest of swamps, a beautiful lotus can grow. Mm, that's powerful. Uh, as soon as... As soon as I had stability in the boys' home, I got my teeth, I got some fake teeth put in, Yeah. got the infection out, and then I got to eat. I got f clothes that fit, and the clothes that fit mean a lot, and this is probably why, Tim, to this very day, I'm very particular how I look. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I wear clothes that show off my lines. Yeah. Um, I, my, my body is my artwork that I have been carving since a boy yeah why would i let it go mm. and why would i hide it true i've been carving it since i was sick uh in the streets of corpus christi bullied and beaten uh almost every day at school and still fighting on and training why would i cover it up now um i've come so far and there's a part of me that's still that little boy still seeks to refine and carve more um it's uh, the boys' home, the Omaha home for boys, Bobby Orr. They became my finishing school. They gave me food, pride, clothes that fit, uh, church clothes, wrestling, a wrestling mat, uh, weights that I could lift anytime I wanted. Um, I was, I tried out for track when I was in sixth grade before I got to the boys' home with these shoes two sizes too big. I was the fastest. Uh, most talented hurdler mm. and distance and mid-distance guy and a pretty good sprinter. Cool. Sick. And when the coach said, you really got talent, come to practice, but you need to get some shoes that fit you. I smiled um, or I grinned. I never smiled because my teeth are really bad. I always cut my lips together. That's probably why I smile so much now. That f sound of that jet is that feeling I had when the coach gave me those propers and said simply and inadvertently in a callous way and in a in an insensitive way yes please come back tomorrow just have some shoes that fit there was no way I could get shoes 
Wow. So um, I went home and I cried. Mm. I knew I couldn't go back. And I knew that every time I saw that coach, I would do everything to ignore because it hurt too bad for me to, I was so ashamed to say, I can't come because I can't get any new shoes. These are the only ones I got. And I'm saving the change I make from drawing pictures in the lunchroom so that Michael and Caesar and I can have food to eat. And we're just living on bologna and white bread and mustard at home. That's mm. it. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes living with nothing. Mm. So I, I, I was so ashamed. I was so shame driven. And uh, when I got to that boy's home and I started feeling good, started feeling strong, my gosh, I never looked back. Wow. I have never looked back. And did that transition, you know, when you decided to join the Marine Corps, at, at what point was that? When, when did you say, I really want to be a United States Marine? I was always enthralled with the hero archetype, mm-hmm. you know, Campbell-esque. Right. Um, and since John Rambo and... And yet, why I did not join the military after high school, instead pursued martial arts. The concept of killing anybody was just still too much. And I was not sure if I could conform. Mm. Um, in some ways, I mean, you know, you, you touched upon it before, what an individualist I am. But yes. I was not sure about the military. Yes. Desert Storm just happened. I immersed myself. Well... <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get to yeah, Desert get Storm. <laughs> so, um, so yes, uh, I immersed myself. Uh, I I thought about the Marine Corps then, but then the war ended in three days, mm. and I'm like, well, the the country doesn't need me. Right. So I uh, immersed myself in Chinese kung fu and Eastern philosophy and Eastern martial art, karate as well, and judo, mm. and then started fighting for Chun Man Sit and doing very well in the um, in the Chinese kung fu and Chinese martial arts circuit. You t- you're being humble about that, by the way. Oh well, I was okay. I was there, good. Um, there was talk about uh, there was talk about you and um, Bruce Lee shared something at the time. Yes, it? well, yeah. it's a, it's a little it's a little convoluted. It, uh, Bruce Lee, who studied at the Jingwu Academy, and he portrayed, I believe, it's Chen Sen, who. If you saw the movie Chinese Connection, the Jingwu master who fought against the Japanese occupation pre-World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, The martial art college, um, the the grand champion and the titles for all disciplines, empty hand forms, two-man sets, fencing, uh, weapons forms, and then full contact fighting. Um, I... I have the same amount of gold medals as Bruce Lee does, wow. and um, yeah. and I have a lot of medals, you know, because I competed for a while, and it's funny. I was not glamorous, though. All I did is com- I just did what I still do to this day, really put my mind and my soul into what I'm doing and brilliance and the basics. Chun Man Sit, the creator of the concept Infinite Go, mm. um, he told me. Uh, uh, Ludi, Ludi, you need four punches each side, three kicks each side. You must have an answer for the wrestling. That means mm-hmm. you must have an answer for the wrestling. <laughs> you must have an answer for the wrestling. Uh, three takedown, um, and uh, no get tired. Number one technique, 
no get tired. Oh. So drills, drills and fitness. No yeah. wonder I'm fit. Yeah, I no mean, this wonder. Is, this is the way I was uh, raised. And of course, wrestling is all um, capacity. A little bit. Of, I mean, it's got technique, sure. Yeah. But technique absolutely slips away when you're breathing hard. Right. So your, tech, your, your, your fitness needs to be so high that you can still use your brain. This is all stuff that we know in the military, don't we? Right. Isn't yes, this? Sir. This is the precepts yep. of all martial way, martial craft, martial art. Uh, while I was fighting, I saw a documentary. This is how important media, film, television, books, literature, music, why it's so important. Um, it changes lives. Mm. It inspires and directs uh, young people. Right. Uh, and it can direct them in such a beautiful way. Uh, I saw a documentary produced by Woody Harrelson about the genocide and an orphanage run in Kosovo. Uh, during the, the fight between um, the former Hungary and, and the fallout of, um, of Serbia and Croatia. Uh, and those kids reminded me of my brothers and I. Mm. The next day I saw in the paper that we were, President Clinton was putting boots on the ground. And right there sparked again, Rudy, Rudy, you must... It is not ethically correct if other young men are going to fight and possibly die if you do not do your part. I did not think about special operations. I didn't even really know of such a thing. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't um, because I was not a gun person. I really didn't know much about it. But I was, an, but I was a Bushido person. Right. I was a Hagakuri person. I was a Dao Te Ching person. And uh, it was boiling in my mind for a year and then when I saw my father, Rudy Reyes Sr., who was a Marine, it struck me uh, like a lightning bolt, and I went right to the recruiter. Mm. And they tried to get me to do the mechanics and all these other things because um, my IQ or what have you. But I demanded infantry. Mm. I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. But, um, but that's how it started, and that was in 98. And um, it's, it's been a tour de force ever since. When I was, when I was most unhealthy is when I was um, refracted, like almost through a prism, from my original self and my original passion, which is to be of service and to be brave. Mm. Because with with bravery comes self-respect, and that's something you can work on every day. And with that positive self. Uh, a concept and having self-respect and looking at the mirror and, uh, and respecting the man looking back, everything is possible. Right. You're changing the world because first you've changed yourself. Yeah. Um, that's how I got into the Marine Corps and, and because of God and because of um, Zen Buddhism and, and because of a plan that is larger than myself and I am just simply a chess piece on the chessboard um, or or actually on the board of Go, um, which is a much more in-depth strategy yes, game from China. Definitely, yep. And and Go, interesting, Chun Man sit Go, because that's what you say. La Ludi between Go and Go is Go. <laughs> in between Go and that Go is Go. Yeah. In between that Go and that Go there is Go. This is Go. Uh -huh. It's Go. I said it's infinite Go. Well, that's the concept of infinite Go. Yes, yeah. that's where it came from. And I, I put the term infinite, and and sit uh, Chunman sit uh, Sifu Chunman sit is a master philosopher and loves quantum physics. Always his classes were about quantum physics, mm. manifested physically. Quantum physics manifested with dance called martial art. 
Yeah, talk about that. Talk about a little bit about that transitional phase, you know. And so you have the Marine Corps, you have the recon world, hard charging warfighter. Yes, get it done. Over uh, um, overstimulation was the baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's which, the baseline. Which guys like us thrive on. Right. The downside to that is coming to a place of average mm-hmm. immense depression. Yeah. And that is the first thing I noticed was depression and then also hypervigilance. Mm. So imagine that dichotomy of depression down in the dumps and then uh, redlining. Ah, yeah. ah, redline, always on guard. Yeah. So I was, I was training about seven or eight hours a day for a few years afterwards. Wow. Just to feel normal. Oh, geez. And I couldn't even, and I could never sleep. Was this right after the core that you had these feelings? Yeah, where you were yeah, immediately. In those dark spots? Immediately. Yeah. Because I was gone from the platoon. After fighting in Fallujah and coming back home and f-ing kicking ass out there with my team, doing some heavy, heavy stuff. Mm. Three weeks later, I was out of the Marine Corps. Wow. Yeah, I extended out there. I was not going to leave my team. Right. And, um, and I was just not equipped for the citizen world. I was not equipped for out here. So I was a work workaholic. I was a boxing coach and started personal training. And then I started drinking at night to go to sleep mm. and my metabolism. So I, if I did not fall asleep after my first three drinks immediately, my body burned off the alcohol and I was not drunk anymore and I have to drink more. Uh. And, and then, um, and then there was a stay of execution called generation kill. Mm. And it was just simply that a stay of execution. Uh, they gave me an immense amount of work to do and something to, to believe in. It's my unit again. And I'm doing war again. Yeah. And I'm constantly stimulated. Mm-hmm. And that just uh, got me further along in time, Kronos, but it got me nowhere with Kairos, with Lifetime. Mm. All those pains, maladies, and fears were waiting for me as soon as the production was over. And yeah, what was that quiet spot like? Oh, it was just... It was, uh, the quiet was deafening mm. and it was frightful and uh, I was lost and didn't know what to do and had nobody to turn to because nobody was talking about anything back then. And I felt very ashamed that I, that I was feeling so weak and afraid and I didn't know what to do. Uh, I couldn't hold a job. Um, I couldn't do anything except physically compete and then and then i got into contracting and then doing some television survival shows constantly stimulated but in between uh nothing and then i discovered drugs i just discovered cocaine and so that was my go-to in between i i would i would be high actually no i would be baseline by being overstimulated with tough extreme jobs and Mm counterterrorism, or i would be baseline being extremely um, lit uh, on blow and alcohol mm. but I never felt high I felt uh, equal mm. except it was killing my body wow. and it was killing my mind yeah. you know you wouldn't sleep for days I wouldn't sleep for days and days and days yeah. and I got very underweight um, when you first intervie- interviewed me I was just getting out of that right. and uh, all the while my mental and spiritual and emotional self uh, it was dying and it was crying and it was needing help and there was no help there's no help like none. I went to the VA. First, they tell me it's no problem. You know, I'm not having any problems. They just gave me a bunch of medication. Then, um, I mean, the, to this day, the VA gives me anxiety, mm. extreme anxiety. Um, What's go, the base of that? 
going there when I needed help and getting nothing, yeah. getting worse than nothing. Mm. And then uh, my my people closest to me will tell you that I have an extremely hard time asking for help. It's because I asked for help when I was five or six years old. It did not come. I asked for help when I was eight or nine years old. It did not come. I asked for help in 2007, and it did not come. I asked for help in 2012. It did not come. Um, so I just don't ask for help. And and you know what? Some of that's okay. Some of it's not. Uh, I have... Due to therapy and due to immense self-work and being put away, being put away, having the privilege of being put away at a mental uh, rehabilitation place for veterans, the Veterans Village of San Diego, I had time for reflection. Even the Veterans Village of San Diego did not save me, though. Mm. It just gave me a tactical pause, a year-long tactical pause. Right. And, um, did you say that was your lowest mark there? Like as yes. far as where you reached a point in your life? I thought it was the lowest. There was one more that came after, and that's uh, after I lost the ability to see my son, Dylan. Mm. And Dylan is my, my everything. I have a lovely daughter, Bella Donna, but I have a great relationship with her mom and her dad. And Bella's a shining light. I have had a really hard time with with Dylan's mother's parents and uh, Dylan's mother and I've been working really hard at rebuilding that. Mm. Some of that was because of me, because um, I was strung out hard on drugs and I was very dangerous. I was fight. I was fighting a lot back then. I was street fighting a lot back then, and I must have seen from the outside an absolute crazed animal. But I didn't know what else to do, mm. and and uh, nobody was giving us men help back then. Right. There was nothing then. There was nothing. There was nothing. And I don't think people out here can quite understand it because now we, we have our American flags and, you know, you're wearing Free Eddie and, mm-hmm. and I've got Force Blue and, and the veteran community is becoming mainstream. And we're talking about these things in the media every day. Back then there was nothing. No. And, and the shame I had of being once a great warrior with with respect in in my community and love to now being completely lost and not being able to see my little baby angel Dylan mm. um i was i was mad at myself so bad or i wasn't mad at myself i was disgusted so it it got worse uh i was in between i, I was i was with a woman that was not good for me uh a super brilliant woman and very beautiful woman, but not emotionally available for me. And because I had such poor self-esteem, I continued to try to prove to her that I was somebody special. Mm. She could never give it to me. And I realized maybe nobody can. Now I see that I had to give it to myself. Yeah. And, um, and then trying to appease um, Dylan's mom. And then I'd, I went back to Dylan's mom too, but I was not emotionally and spiritually safe or available I was still hurting and mm. still lost. I had no tools yet. And when they took my little son and I had to go to court and they made me, they, they, I, was, I, I, I was made to look as a damaged, a damaged killer for the U.S. government and a contractor 
a mercenary and uh, my scout sniper background was put up and and that that I'm so violent that I become famous for it. I mean, just look at the books written about me and my unit. Right. I I I got me a I got me a bunch of drugs and after that uh, after that court date I went into the car with my little brother Michael and I broke down crying. Mm. And Michael was crying. And I went home, drove back to Kansas City, and I had my Glock. I got a lot of drugs and started drinking and just chopping up my cocaine and 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 then started calling my friends. And then eventually, I after a few days, I was I was dropping away. And so I I took my pistol and I put it in my mouth and I was finished. Mm. And uh, and then a force some force told me with words I can't explain the words it's just this feeling and it and it was God that said it's going to be okay mm-hmm. and and I put pulled my weapon from my mouth and I had a feeling that I was going to be okay and that some and that I'm I'm going to be taken care of I will be sheltered and I will get through this and I felt a levity and some kind of warmth in myself. The first time I'd felt warmth in myself in a long time. I sobered up. I got rid of my guns in the house. And um, I started that long journey back mm. to the real Rudy Reyes. Yeah. And shortly after that, Force Blue was discovered and created by Jim Ritteroff, myself, and Keith Somm. Yeah, I want to hear about that. And Tell us about Force Blue. Well, and ever since then, if you know, Force Blue is my mission of redemption and virtue. Uh, we utilize combat divers, special operations combat divers from all forces and from other countries. We repurpose and retrain them with new technologies and abilities from the science community and conservation community to now deploy doing cutting-edge conservation work, specifically in the coral reefs. Uh, now we are also doing turtle rescues and uh, turtle um, uh, studies to help combat diseases. We are looking also at whale and shark missions in the future. Think about the, the Justice League of the Ocean. That is who we are. And it's a team, it's a family, it's an aesthetic, and it's a way of life. And it's growing exponentially. Forcebluteam.org, a fully transparent nonprofit. Uh, We are absolutely steeped in honor, uh, courage, commitment, and our core values are betterment, buoyancy, and belonging. Uh, every single penny mm. that we raise goes right to our schoolhouse to create new teams. We're creating Team 3 in October. And soon we hope to have some massive corporate s- sponsors and so that we don't have to fundraise anymore. I've been in and out of Washington, D.C. and done fundraisers. Uh, Ian Asbury, um, Richard McQuarter, um, uh, people on the art side of the house, music side of the house, science side, naval special warfare. They've all been contributors and, and they're alumni 
Uh, we've got Zach Brown. We've got Bert Soren Sorenex with the Rudio Active shirt. All <laughs> proceeds. Uh, Nama Slay uh, patch, battle patch by Veris Taleka. Everyone's getting on board because it's a mission we all can believe in. Think of this. Uh, it doesn't matter if your politics or your, your social issues are on the left or the right or the middle. Uh, when it comes to conservation and saving this planet, we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter if you get in, in on the left side or the right side, baby, or from the freaking bow or the, stir, uh, the bow or the stern. Mm. We're getting in the same boat, and we all need a freaking stroke together. We all need to paddle through that surf zone together and save this planet. And I believe that is why it's so successful. We have just partnered with the NFL um, that's awesome wow yes i will be at the super bowl this year you Great. will see you will see force blue our little commercial on the super bowl mm -hmm. i'm very proud of this i'm very proud of myself this is the most pride it's the most love and honor i've had for myself since the united states marine corps i mean when you see my face now you see how clear it is my eyes are clear my body and my soul now permeated with with hope and um and love i'm redeemed uh and uh, I take this saying from my little brother, Michael. Mm -hmm. um, Rudy Reyes does not have bad days. He may have some tough moments, mm -hmm. but I do not have bad days. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And uh, it's Force Blue. And since Force Blue, now my acting and, and, um, and media career has yeah. is exploded. I've got some television shows right now in the works. I'm shooting a pilot for history next week or the week after. Uh, I've got bigger things on the horizon. I've got some features as well. Semper Fi will be coming out soon with Jai Courtney, my boy, Australian warrior from freaking rugby. Um, Henry, uh, my director, who also directed... Uh, the Super Bowl commercial, Marine yeah. Corps Super Bowl commercial, which he had me come on there to work as the AD as, and That's a military right, yeah. advisor and motivator and casting. Um, cool. uh, Henry Alex Rubin, I love you, bro. You've been instrumental in helping me mm -hmm. in the last few years. It's interesting. I have all these nights at the round table that have brought me back uh, to Camelot. That's cool. And I celebrate it and I celebrate them. How, um, within the art space, you know, Rudy, I talk about this very often, obviously in what I do, it's like, for me, the veterans project is a movement. Yes. I'm going to use that term all the time because we are bridging the gap through our stories, through our legacies. Our legacies are the mission. We tell these stories, we bring these, you know, we bring these legacies to people in this format through black and white photos and now a podcast storytelling, I believe is foundational to creating change, right? Yes. Awareness is only awareness if it stays awareness. But through action, you're able to create a culture of actual change. For you as an artist and your growth, and I've seen you grow in the past three or four years. I mean, leaps and bounds. Thanks, my man. From where you were even then. And to be clear, I didn't know you very well personally, but I could still see the troubled side. Oh, yeah. I could see the edge there. Yeah. I mean, we remember, you know, being out on six a little bit. Yeah. little edge. And I was doing well mm -hmm. uh, up until I had a few drinks. Uh, a couple then, comments came flying. And then somebody, yep, somebody yeah. did not show me respect. Right. Next thing you know, I'm ready to freaking fight and kill. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember Andy looking at me like, yep. oh. bro, if you wrap him up, we're going to have to both wrap him up. Yes. Okay. I'm glad I didn't know that yeah. that's what you were thinking, yeah. but that's good yeah, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's thinking because I was totally target fixated yeah. on old boy, yeah. ready to freaking wreck his world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yes, there has been so much growth, bro. And, but and what again, I was getting to within that, sorry to cut yeah, you off. Yeah, go ahead. But you as an artist have grown so much. 
it's very clear that you're connected to those better feelings to to your emotions a lot more to feeling the motivation of what you're doing how have you gotten there within those even those past few years like what is the importance of this world to you and the movement of art thank you so much for your project too brother and your friendship and your brotherhood you've been you've been wonderful in my life you and you. i have grown a lot man Sundance yeah. was excellent yeah that was fun. uh and throw a little shout out to mvp yeah and um and our boy um, got some players yes yes um you know it, nate it, yes nate boyer yeah. and denver and jenny limas thank you yeah all of you um all of you that's how i got here bro i've had people like paul um Wyman in my life, who was a boot at Recon mm. in 2003 or 2002. And he became a freaking scout sniper and a warrior and fought overseas and stacked more bodies than me. He stayed by my side. I've had Bert Soren. I've had Brandon Lily Dirk with Woodski, Brady Tatonka. I have, I've seen my son Dylan a few times. I have Belladonna and her, and her family. I, um, I have the true believers. I have... I have transformational uh, stories that are told to me from people who have been following me and reading my book. Mm. I've got Echo and Ramadi, another brother of mine. Yeah, if I've you, heard about that if one. If you have not read Scott Husing's Echo and Ramadi, yeah. then you have not read Our Generation's Platoon. Cool. You have not read Our Generation's uh, The Things They Carried. Uh, I, I look at this this hall of heroes that I exist in now. Yeah. Here, we'll get back to that after yeah, this. Yeah, we will. Yep. Uh, Oh, also, I like that point too, because uh, you were talking about um, Echo Ramadi too. Yes, Gaz is always talking about that. And oh, wait till you read it on him. Wait, till, yes, did you do it yet? Yeah, Gaz. Yeah, Durant. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, did you do, did you do one on on Husing? No, I didn't. You need to. Yeah. What an orator. Yeah. What a thinker. What a what a true scholar warrior. Yeah, you read it. It's good. Uh, it's not good. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I need to read it, man. Um, yeah. Yes, Scott Husing, okay. great. Yeah. Enlisted devil dog officer. Been there, done that. His his war room slash man cave at, at his ranch, the Temecula Ranch. Mm. Um, oh, he we, lives in Temecula. Yes. Yeah. Oh, bro, he's right here. We'll, we'll coordinate it since you're out here, if he's around. Yeah. He loves to speak about his work because his work is about the men and about the the journey home. That's awesome. Uh, uh, his ranch in Chimecula, my boy Heath from Australia, my man, Heath oh, Williamson. Yeah, Heath. You know, know Heath. Yeah, I know Heath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he calls it, you know, he doesn't know American English. for. <laughs> so we're driving there and he sees Chimecula and he's a little, and he's ADD and he doesn't read very well yeah. um, because his mind moves too fast. So he called it the Tarantula Ranch. <laughs> so from then on, it's called the Tarantula Ranch. Him yeah. and freaking Scott Husing are super tight. Yeah. Williamson, of course, is the lights guy, right? Right. He's a ma- he is the man, Firefly Lighting. And so he brought, man, this is what kind of man, this is the kind of people I have around in my life. Um, he brought lights to Scott's house and strung them up for his barn, for his horses. This is the kind of family, this is, this is the new Camelot that we're building. And are we, uh, are we scarred and, and wounded knights? Yes, but we are healing mm-hmm. and those scars will never go away. But we are knights nonetheless and we can polish this armor and we can um, absolutely hone the sword, not of war and of violence, but of truth uh, and wisdom. Uh, this is how I'm doing it, bro. And I'm about it every single day. As you can see, I always have to get in my PT. Yeah. And I think about it. Uh, I forget that 
my looks, uh, my, the, the physique that I've sculpted and created, that it's so different than others. Uh, yeah, it's, everybody ev- yes, they, looks at you right. as soon as you walk past. And as I, was true. Con- as I was contemplating doing my dips and my bands and sun gods unapologetically in my jeans, because I forgot my freaking Force Blue Speedo. <laughs> so I trained in my jeans, as you see me do, yeah, Olympic yeah. weightlift too. I don't give a sh- You'll lift in anything, I'm man. The, you would lift in saran wrap. That's it right, matter, brother. Dude. I'm the damn Do honey it. badger of freaking <laughs> workout clothes. I don't give a <laughs> shit. So, uh, <laughs> right? Right? I just pictured you in saran wrap. Oh, that kind of, like, that'll be the next mind. photo yeah. shoot. That'll be the next <laughs> That's photo it right shoot. That's yeah. sure. So, uh, we, you know, it, it is, uh, when I'm training, I'm like, well, why are people drawn to me? And at first, maybe just to the... Um, um, the line and the aesthetic. I've been pushing and creating myself in yeah. the Greek aesthetic since a little boy. And I forget, I'm, I'll be 48 in December. It's four, four decades of this every yeah. day. Well, no wonder there's something different than special happening. Um, that's my secret. Is How does my, that mindset happen? It's the, the bedrock. Every day. How does that? Every day. I mean, there are days you got to not be feeling great, right? You're not feeling necessarily like getting after it i'm injured i'm injured sometimes i'm wounded and injured uh i couldn't walk for four days after freaking crushing that boston marathon so i just lifted weights and did pull-ups instead um i got hurt um in a spartan race evolution uh from being stuck in a plane for 20 hours my hip i have a really bad injury from parachute landing fall in the marine corps and a really bad left foot that's had surgery on it from that parachute landing fall and combat dive missions um I go through pain, but I know just as you know, you must breathe or you will die from asphyxiation. I must move my body or I will die mm. um, and I will drown. So I move my body. Look how I, did you see how I eat? I pace. Yep. I pace with everything. Mm-hmm. And when I work out, I pace in between. I keep moving and there's an, and You're an, not a sit-down kind of guy. No, the analogy yeah. uh, with sharks, how beautiful, and they are apex in their predatory world, but are the healthiest, or they are the uh, paramount sign of a healthy ecosystem. Always moving. Yeah, too. and they are always moving to process that oxygen in the water. Yeah. I'm processing the oxygen of life and passion. I keep myself moving, and with that movement, the brain works. The brain working um, the heart space can open up and then everything is possible. Uh, it's really that simple for me. Mm. Getting the blood flow and the sweat. Uh, uh, you notice I almost always just train outdoors. I train in nature. Absolutely. Um, it's aligning myself with Mother Earth, aligning, uh, aligning myself with cosmic energy. I did a talk at Power Athlete Symposium. Wellborn's incredible mm, community. Yeah, Wellborn. Oh, yeah, what a brilliant man. Yeah. What a brilliant man. All of his people, Tex, everybody. He's uh, out there in Houston, right? Uh, he's in Austin. Austin, Austin. And yeah, uh, right. a dear brother of mine. What a brain. What a what an athlete. What a body. <laughs> um, I was invited. I was okay. invited to do Power Athlete Symposium. Gold medalists. Olympic gold medalists. Professional football players. SOCOM warriors. Uh, SEAL Team 6 brothers. And little Omi. <laughs> and, uh, little O U, yeah. Little O Recon Marine That's Killer right. Rudy Reyes. That's yeah, right. Three and tours. A, and a wow. Well, uh, you know, come on now. <laughs> some, of it, some of it, I don't know. Some of it was, some of it was a plan or luck or something like that because bullets would just move around me and RPGs 
One was shooting directly at me, and one of the fins did not deploy, and right in front of my face, it shot straight up into the air. And Shape from, shift in Matrix, yes, man. Yes, and, and, and the, yes, it, it really, in the yeah. slipstream, I was in a vortex. I am in a You're vortex oftentimes, for sure, between worlds, a man yeah. between worlds, a true sorcerer, yeah. a true sorcerer. You got to do what you got to do. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you see the... the plume trail mm-hmm. and all the insurgents are right there in a mm. line watching it go up me and my men open up and kill all of them wow. um uh, being uh, being truly uh free yeah. and that's what i got to experience to a totality in the marine corps now i'm i'm experiencing in this world too i was doing a talk at power athlete symposium mm-hmm. and and it was very technical for many people there. My talk was on the cosmos of body mm. and creating a physical and athletic spaceship in which you can crush through um, um, dimensions and break through gravity and go to different universes and galaxies. And, and I'm playing David Bowie and I'm, and I'm playing freaking... Um, uh, Jim Morrison, I'm showing French films from the French Foreign Legion Commando and slides of Wolverine and archetypes in manifesting the essential power, the, the, the primeval power that we have as men and women, as, as, uh, as earthling aliens. They got more than they were bargaining for. Yeah, it's yeah. so bad. So when I finish up and I'm freaking, I'm singing, I'm an alligator. I'm singing some freaking Moon Edge Daydream. Right? Yeah. Put your electric eyes on me, baby. <laughs> Press your egg onto my hair. The vocal, the da, da, vocal da. pleasures uh, of Rudy Ray. Press your face, face close to mine, love. <laughs> Freak out in a moon edge dream. <laughs> you have that going in the background. Yes, and no, I am. Then I just yeah. uh, overwhelmed singing it. Yeah. And I get a standing ovation. Uh, Brady, so Tachanka, cool. and, mm-hmm. and Derek Woodski, and uh, Bert, all heavy thinkers and heavy doers, they're looking at each other, and they're, they're doing the slow clap, <laughs> and everybody starts clapping and going crazy. And I and, didn't know how they were yeah, going to react and then, to this. And then Der- <laughs> yes, and Der- Derek says, um, or, or Bert says, uh, uh, Derek, uh, or Brady, uh, what, what the hell just happened here? <laughs> and Derek Woodski says, I think Rudy's spaceship's outside, and he's uh, and he's going to be leaving soon. And then Bert says, "Oh, well, you know what? I I bet half of these people would follow him and go with him. <laughs> they would. <laughs> it was so awesome. Anyway, thank you, John Wellborn. Yeah. Uh, it's so wild. So when you know me revisiting these stories, and as you spoke on stories, now it's, a story is very different than this." the the played out word called story that I hear in Los Angeles every freaking day. Uh, everything's about a story, but a story to that trifling ass business oftentimes <laughs> is a manufactured uh, confection, mm. a freaking donut to eat. True essence built on capitalism yeah. and entertainment. Yes, it, it's just a do- it's just a donut. Yeah. It's just some donuts. It Blue is, sugar. It's just Dunkin' Donuts, man. Now the real story, the true story from the ancients, from our indigenous cultures, um, again into the river of primal, and then uh, you know, metamorphosized and refined to the Greeks, uh, and through Shakespeare, through music, art, culture, 
through rock and roll, yeah. Ian Asbury, the cult, my, my people, you know, Led Zeppelin, King Crimson, uh, the emotional uh, heart blood from Motown. Yeah. Right? Right. Charles, Bra- Charles Bradley. Mm. And so these things, get a little bit of that these are, this yeah. is the, this is the freaking, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, freaking femoral artery mm. of humanness. This story, and the stories that we're crafting here, they're the true stories. This a story is not a story, meaning something that somebody wrote down. Right. Story is a life. Yes. A story is a culmination of lifetimes uh it's a current and a waterfall it's absolutely an exploding volcano Mm. and magma lava this is what story is and now there's potential in television and movies to be plugged into that story and that's what i'm trying to do that's not what i'm trying to do it's what i am doing and people like me are doing and i'm already really excited um about developing the next generations in the media. Because real story can change the essence of the culture. Yes, it can. With great power comes great responsibility. And look, uh, Tim, even since we've been here, you know, I had some fans out there, prior service yeah. and, and uh, active duty. Uh, you little, have fans everywhere. Yeah, I had a 12-year-old <laughs> son, a 12-year-old son. Here he is out here, you know, just hanging out to see Rudy yeah. to take pictures and, and, and spend time with his hero. Uh, there's something to the center of gravity that I possess. I will absolutely use it to save this planet and uh, to save this planet one commando, one veteran, one coral reef, one sea turtle at a time. Mm, I love that. So that movement, that movement that you're creating and you're bringing along with others at the round table as you're guiding it into those next phases, what does that look like? What does that look like for Rudy? What does legacy mean to you and your movement forward now? What do you want from that? You know, what's interesting. I, uh, I was talking with Jade last night, and, and she encourages me to want things. Or what do I want? I've never been a wanter. Mm. I've been a doer. Uh, Jade is asking me, well, what do I want? You know, Because um, she asked me why I don't eat that much, and... And I tell her, well, because so many people starve and there's a surplus of everything here and it's always taken for granted and I never want to get soft and take for granted things. Mm. And I say, I'm, I've never thought about wanting. I'm not a wanter. There's too much already in need. What do I, the, where energetically in this world is there a place for want? When, when billions are in a stage and a, and a enslavement of want, Mm. Uh, with commercialism and, and materialism. We don't need all these things. Right. So um, when you asked me what I want, I, I thought deeply about it, and we talked last night. And the, uh, what I want is to be relevant mm. and to leave a legacy that will continue to inspire and to also maybe give perspective to future generations who will struggle with the things that I struggle with, because they will. War is not going away because man's nature has not changed. Give us a couple more hundred years with people like us um, changing uh, behavior, uh, first in our own lives, and inspiring others Mm. to take stock and take uh, radical self-assessment to ultimately embrace freedom and love. 
uh, give us a couple hundred years, we're going to get somewhere. But if these stories, if these histories mm-hmm. are lost, our, our future societies will be even more lost than we are. So what I want is to continue to make a difference and to be relevant and to absolutely be an agent and a vessel mm. for a new world and a new earth and, and a new way of being so that we humans can be stewards of this planet and of this universe Mm. Um, and not a disease. I love that. That's awesome. That's really powerful, Rudy. Uh, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the podcast. Um, And I wanted to know, is there, so there are organizations, obviously, you want to lift up. Sure. uh, Force Blue. Uh, You can find them on Instagram, right? Yes, Force Blue Team, uh, forcebluteam.org. Also, Recon, and Sniper, Recon Sniper Foundation. Also, um, completely transparent above board. I've had the great privilege of working with those guys. They, they actually sponsored Woody Williams, the last living Marine Corps Medal of Honor recipient from World War II. They sponsored his story that I did. So they're incredible guys. Yes, they are. Chris Joliet, JJ, all of you, Chris Joliet, also my uh, uh, co-military advisor on Semper Fi. Thank you, cool. Jai. Um, Courtney, thank you, Henry, Alex, Rubin. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, um, Chris Joliet. We absolutely could not have done it without you. And the premiere is October 4th na- nationwide. Awesome. And I will be in L.A. on September 24th cool. uh, for the premiere there. And there will be one in New York as well. Please follow it. Awesome. Um, we have um, MVP yeah. with Nate Boyer, uh, Merging Vets and Players. Yeah. And... Um, and who else? Save the Brave. Uh, Save the Brave. Yes, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Husing. Yeah. Um, that's a great place to start. Your own Navy SEAL Foundation. Yeah. Also uh, the Green Beret. It's Green Beret. The Fou- Green Beret Foundation. Foundation yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our, our incredible our incredible brother, uh, Michael Rod Rodriguez, mm. legendary Hey, Green guess where Beret. I'm heading after this. Are you going to go see him? I'm going to go cover him. Oh, he's yeah. the raddest. He's the raddest. And, hey, hermano, hermano. <laughs> I, keep, I keep telling you, dog. Mi familia. Yes, yeah. with, those, with those pretty peepers of yours, <laughs> you really, your beautiful self needs to be in movies. And I swear <laughs> to you, on the first movie that I get to cast and the first movie I get to do, you're going to be in it, brother. I love you. Uh, I love you so much, hermano, and I love your, your sons all fighting the good fight and your beautiful wife. Same, same. All veterans. All warriors. I love you all. I, um, I have so much love for Jeff Gum as well. Uh, we call him, Jade and I call him Gummy Bear. Gummy Bears. <laughs> um, Sunga Life. He does swimwear. All happy, beautiful. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Legendary Navy SEAL brother. That's cool, man. Um, and, uh, and Jeff Nichols mm. uh, and Sean Matson mm. from Strike Force. Yeah, I know. These yeah, Strike bros, Force is great. It's so wild. I got I got so many freaking beautiful frogmen in my life now. Ray Cash Care. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people... Uh, again, transcending an archetype of hunter-killer and and warlord, now into being a a lord of peace and and all a very heavy Christian folk. That's awesome. And um, and you know we love and live for our village and our children. We're finding that our village and our children, uh, they're everybody. And that's what it's really about, right? You take that com, you, you understand in combat, you're alive. You're pulling the trigger. You're one with the weapon. You attack in violence. That's your job. 
you're committed to that. But yeah. it's also part of your life form. Yeah, it's your duty. It's your duty. Duty is such a strong word. It's the word that all my World War II brothers use all the time. Damn straight. Duty. I use it. I use yeah, it. I use it. Oh, yeah. It's my duty. Yeah. Um, I, I with these old Iwo Jima cats all the time. Legend. Like, yeah. Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. Rah. Yeah, Can rah. you imagine <laughs> the freaking warriors? Yeah. The... When you got to flamethrower your enemies <laughs> together? <laughs> ah, God dang. Cook them in that microwave. It, yes, and this yeah. is why we don't ever brag, our generation, do we? No. We don't brag about yeah. what who y'all bad at. We did. Yeah, well, I mean, because we, we look back. Yeah. We look at Ewo. We look at Bastone. Yeah. Come on. Well, we do, but those aren't the guys that you and I associate with. So. No. no we don't. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But the, that uh, dynamic, man, and then getting out, you know, it's the, much the way of the Spartan, you know, the Roman legionnaire. You get out and you protect what you have, and then you get to come back and get to love That's on right. your family. From, your s- from swords to plowshares yes absolutely and that's the way it's meant to be that's the way it is meant to be and we must uh, realign to that and we will and we are yes Let's do it. All right. Well, Rudy Reyes, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, you're it's welcome. It's a privilege and honor. First iterations of these to have you as a part of it. And we um, we got to, you know, strengthen and maintain the community. That's right. And continue to lift each other up. That's right. And thank you, all of you, uh, brothers and sisters and citizens that helped me. Uh, my right-hand man, I call him Sabertooth Brandon Lilly, also mm, also known as Slim. Yeah. Have you seen how lean and freaking... He's looking good, Isn't dude. he? And his mission, We're going to get like, Brandon Lilly on the you podcast. You must. No, you must. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be doing his as well. I mean, he's cool. my best friend. Yeah. Uh, he is... The Sornax um, podcast. Yeah, uh, yes, he is just stunning. Legendary. As a human man, as a yeah. human being, as an athlete, as a father, as a musician. Um, he's turned me on to so much music and... Uh, uh, and I'm te- I'm going to teach him how to do muscle ups. That uh, and I mean, what a way! I mean, he he is the str- he was the strongest awesome. man on the planet, lifted the heaviest weights, and soon he will be the thickest gymnast on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Thickness, thicker than a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, Brandon, Brandon and I are very close, and, and yeah. you know, he reaches out to me and simply says, "How's your heart?" Because he knows, he knows, he knows me through through right. and through from hurts and the downs so and the cool, and bro. the goodness and the, and our team ricochet at freaking Winter Strong. It was yeah. our team of misfits that won the <laughs> damn thing. Uh, a big shout out also um, to Tommy, um, uh, our wonderful family that I met through Spartan Race in in um, uh, Mongolia mm. and and his, and his father. Um, uh, a, a legendary knight and who ra- who ran the Great Wall of China three times. Uh, he's knighted in the British uh, government, and um, just just these amazing folks. We brought Tommy to freaking Winter Strong. He'd never shot a weapon. Thank you, Leopold. Thank you, my sniper brothers that ran that class. That's cool. He learned to to field dress uh, an animal and cook. He learned to live in the field, and he. Had never touched a barbell in his life. He is an ultra marathon runner and runs track for Peking University. He uh, he was on our team, and after we won this competition, uh, 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 our amazing Taya from from Australia, stunt woman, uh, of course, Brady Tatonka, myself, Tommy, and Brandon Lilly, uh, the archer. Yeah. And uh, I've become good friends with Kai in the past few weeks. Kai is just yeah. so legend, and He's so so, nice. so we're all kicking it, and yeah. we're on cloud nine, sporting around. In a in a, a little four wheeler because we had to go get one of the arrows that we, that Brandon shot in so hard ricocheted in and, and we couldn't get it out we finally got a we call our team ricochet again <laughs> these are these special heroes these humble heroes that come into my life so we're hooting and hollering coming back in to claim our prizes right mm. and the eighteen year old from 
Peking University. He's traveled the world. Um, his father, uh, a legendary knight, um, you know, uh, Dominus Omnis ordained, yeah. um, knighted. He stopped us. He says, let us not gloat. <laughs> and wow. So there's, hey, hey, school's in session, you all. Oh, he became the teacher. I like that. <laughs> and all of us, crickets, me and everybody looking at each other. Like, damn. We did get taught that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So school's in session every day. Dude, that's amazing. Yep. And and you know what? That just shows the power and of the civilian community in helping us. We need our I brothers agree. over there, too, man. It's I so agree. Important. That's the 98%, man. Yes, it is. We are the 2%. That's that right. That's and so right. we need the civilian community to help in order. And that is why we're going to have civilians on this podcast who are in a community. I agree. I think that's need a fantastic to that idea. Gap. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I've got some people to, to awesome. line up with you. Let's line it up. Yes, sir. Rudy, thank, thank you, you again, so much. Right, love yeah, you, man. Fantastic. I love you too. And, and there'll be more of these ahead. Absolutely. Thank you, bro. All right. Thanks, Rudy. This has been the Veterans Project Podcast with our founder, Tim Kay. Check us out at www.thevetsproject.com, on Instagram at The Veterans Project, Facebook, The Veterans Project, and Twitter at Project underscore Veteran. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, our legacies are the mission.